Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. Hands up if you have something to give thanks to the Lord for, for 2023. Seems so long ago, doesn't it? Yeah? Lord, we're grateful for 2023. And, and keep your hands up, or now raise them if, if that wasn't the case. Great expectation for 2024. Uh, especially my, my great expectation is we will see many people saved and added to our churches in the coming year. I was really blessed reading the, uh, following the, the Bible plan that Mike had put out. Rich should have added, by the way, if, if, uh, we should all be going to Mike for prayer this morning because, uh, because of the impact as you prayed for Stella and everything. It was just great to hear that. But I was really blessed in the readings to read in Genesis 1 that the sun and the moon are in the skies uh, to give light on the earth day and night, uh, but also to mark the days and the months and the years. And, and how God actually takes great delight in our marking of the, the new year, or the end of a week, or the beginning of a week. So there's something significant in that. And, and my, my question was, Lord, how should we start this year together? And um, how many of you have made some kind of resolution of some sort? Or yeah, don't, be, don't be embarrassed. Some, some, some have, some haven't. How many of you, if you've not done that, have at least... Um, started this year with something of a fresh sort of vision, fresh hope, fresh expectation for your life, for your family, for your work, for your sense of calling and ministry, yeah? Well, you know, this time last year, um, we, we started this little series called This Is Us. If you just put the next slide up, please, Nathaniel. Um, and I, the first thought was, nothing's really changed, this is still us. And uh, I just want to encourage you, if you've never listened to those messages, what it, we described our church as being one that is boldly, unashamedly standing up and declaring, this is us, we're Bible-believing. This is us, we're spirit-filled. This is us, we're kingdom-advancing. And I just want to say, if you've not listened to those messages, do so. Because they will really help you understand something of what we're all about. If you want to re-listen, please do. That's not to say um, there isn't something significant starting this year, but, but it would be a shame if every year we were ch- adjusting our course, wouldn't it? Yeah. That, would, that would feel a bit disorientating. Yeah. But what I do want us to do this morning is start the year in the best way I could think of, which is that we, in, we worship the Lord together and we hear God's word to us. We read God's word, we listen to God's word, we listen to what he wants to say to us, what he wants to say about us, what he wants to say about his purpose for us and through us. So we're going to do that in a moment. But um, I think this year, what we believe about the word will be more significant than ever. What do we believe about the scriptures? And I would just like to put that to you before we start reading. What do we believe about this? Or or, or the version you have on your phone this morning. (laughs) Secondary, but it's okay. What do we believe about the scriptures? 
Janet says we believe it's true. Yeah. True. What else do we believe? Deborah said it's auth- it has authority. It's life. Yeah. Trustworthy. Trustworthy. Eternal. Eternal. These are big things. These are big statements we're making. Unchanging. Complete. Yeah, don't believe anybody who's got any revelation that adjusts or changes or adds to what's in here. It is complete. Always relevant. Always relevant. Contemporary. Not historical artifact, but living and active. Alive today. Anything from over here? Anything we believe about the word? God breathed. Wow, and that, what a statement that is. Yeah. What we're going to hear this morning, God breathed it. Yeah. God spoke this. Yeah. Yeah. Janet, you've already spoken, but, but, <laughs> but you're super keen, and we'll let you have two answers. Full of promises. Full of promises. Full of promises. Anybody want to add anything to what we believe about the Word of God? Well, that's a statement. We believe it's the Word of God. <laughs> Without error, I believe that. I don't believe in contradiction and error in here. God breathed it. Just have to understand God. (laughs) Then it all makes sense. (laughs) Steve? Everlasting. Okay, we could go on, which is great. There's a lot of things we believe about the word this morning. And um, there's an instruction in 1 Timothy chapter 4 where Paul says to Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. And uh, that is what we're going to do today. We're going to hear something together that has power to create life. Even our words have the power of life and death. How about God's word? Who brought everything into being through his God-breathed word. Let there be and there was. So what we will hear this morning has power to create life. We will be together declaring and celebrating truths and we will be adding, not adding, we will be emphasizing, amplifying some of those things. This is us. This is us. I can't think of a better way to start the year. And we're going to read the book of Ephesians. I'm going to read it. And you are going to, with me, hear something that has tremendous life for us today. The book of Ephesians um, is kind of in two halves, and I'm um, just going to read to you, this, this, we're gonna read, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation this morning, and there's an introduction to the New Living Translation in, in the Bible, in my New, New Living Translation, introduces the book like this. It says, every once in a while, God grants his people a glimpse of their place in the grand scheme of history. There's a brief moment when they can assess who they are, where they've come from, and where they are going. Paul's letter to the Ephesians provides the church with such a vision. The book is kind of in two halves. The first three chapters, Paul takes us into the highest heavens, into the loftiest places, into the most uh, incredible concepts and truths about who we are. And then in the second half, chapters 4, 5, and 6, really the the focus is what this means. And from being up in the heavens, we come right down to earth. 
in a really glorious, beautiful, incredible way. So that's what we look at this morning, and, and I just want to say before we begin to read, this is for adults and children, for youth and seniors, for men and women, for Jew and Gentile, or if I could say for all nations, all races, all ethnicities, all cultures. This is for all of us. This is inclusive. And I believe this morning things that we need to hear and embrace and be convinced of at the start of this year. Jesus said he's building his church in Matthew 16. And, and in, in Ephesians, we discovered God's resolutions for us for this year. If you'd put the, um, that one up, there you go. I was thinking about this word. We use this word to describe the promises, the intentions, the resolve that we might make at the start of the year. But, but the word has other meanings, quite a few actually. But I think these are probably the most um, common meanings of this word resolution. As well as those things, our firm decision, our promise to do something, our pledge, our intention, our commitment. A resolution is a solution to something, isn't it? A resolution came. There's an answer. There's an explanation of something. And resolution also has the sense of, of clarity, of sharpness. What's the resolution? This, is a, this screen or this, this projector has a very high resolution. And in Ephesians, we see all of those things. God's decision, God's choice, God's intent, God's promise, God's resolve about us, Living Rock Church. God's solution for all the stuff that's happening is his church. I believe that with all my heart. And I believe in Ephesians this morning we will find a clarity and a sharpness of vision and image that will be really helpful to us this year. I believe as we read it, I am going to read it soon, by the way, and then I'm not going to add anything at all. This is a really bold statement. I, I, I really believe that as we hear the word this morning will be the key to unlock loads of potential for you, for your family, for us this year. If we can hear what God wants to say, if we can embrace and, and, and then walk out what we're going to hear over the next 21, 22 minutes, it will profoundly shape the year ahead. I believe this word, all the word, but this, this word particularly we'll read this morning, has the power to impact your worldview, to change your perspectives, to, um, to touch your sense of call and destiny. As I sat and prayed this morning, Lord, I pray that particularly amongst some of our younger folk, your word would grip us this morning and touch us in, in our sense of calling and destiny. This, this word has instructions about marriage and family and the workplace and the power to shape our mission and our community. So, so I think these could be amongst, amongst the most significant 20 minutes of the year. Right up front on the 7th of January. As we go through, watch out for, if you put this one up now, um, Nathaniel, just listen out for, in chapter one, 
everything it says about us being blessed, chosen, predestined, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, sealed, empowered. In chapter two, we're alive, been raised to life. Fellow citizens, uh, part of the house of God. Chapter three, we are empowered. God's display of glory to the heavens, rooted in his love. Chapter four, we're joined together, united with the gifts of Christ, growing mature, one body. Chapter five, we're holy. Holy. It's about life in the spirit, being his glorious display on earth, not just into the heavens. About having strong, powerful marriages, and in chapter six, we're strong. We're prevailing. We're standing firm. We're on the winning, winning side. Um, also look out for the plan of God. If you, if you, you, can, you can listen or just follow in your scriptures, but you'll find verse 10 of each chapter, and there'll be on, these will be in bold on the screen. Unveil the plan of God. Now, if you want the plan of God, go to Ephesians, read 1, 10, 2, 10, 3, 10, 4, 10, 5, 10, and 6, 10, and you'll get, you'll get most of it. And, um, and expect God to speak to you as we listen, as we read. And my prayer is that revelation will come. Um, please take, take a notepad or a notes page on your phone and take a note of things you hear um, that... that that help you consider at the start of this year who you really are and what this means. I did, uh, I am going to ask this. You might find this would be helpful as you hear something that really impacts you. Just as you hear God speak, you just stand up at that point and just acknowledge before the Lord, you've just said something to me, Lord, that I'm going to lay hold of. And embrace. This is going to change me this year. Amen? So, I am going to read it now without saying anything else. I might pause and I might repeat a couple of things just to bring emphasis, but I don't want to dilute this with any further words of mine. This is the Word of God. It's living and active. Powerful to create life. Amen? Are you ready? Good. Take a little drink. I've timed this at about 21 minutes 30. About. Yeah. Okay. Lord, as we read your word now, I pray that this will be for us the most relevant start to this year in the scriptures. Hearing the word of the Lord, hearing your declaration as to who we are and what that means. Amen. Amen. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ. 
Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us, along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious plan regarding Christ, a plan to fulfill his own good pleasure. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. He makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews who were the first to trust in Christ would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believed in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he's purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope He's given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. And now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. Amen. Who fills all things 
everywhere with himself. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he's done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We are God's masterpiece. Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jew and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. And now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens, along with all God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles 
and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. You Gentiles are being made part of this dwelling where God lives by his spirit. When I think of all this, I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the benefit of you Gentiles, assuming by the way that you know God gave me the special responsibility of extending his grace to you Gentiles, as I briefly wrote earlier, God himself revealed his mysterious plan to me. As you read what I've written, you will understand my insight into this plan regarding Christ. God did not reveal it to previous generations, but now by his spirit, he has revealed it to his holy apostles and prophets. And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. So please don't lose heart because of my trials here. I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored. When I think about all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. How long, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. And then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, 
who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Who is able through his mighty power at work within you, within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Chapter 4. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. So that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. And then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we, we are all parts of the same body. 
And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have, such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It's shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the saviour of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, 
washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church and we are members of his body. As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. Honour your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honour your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ. Try to please them all the time, not just when they're watching you. As slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Don't threaten them. Remember you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armour so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. And then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armour of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador 
So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. To bring you up to date, Tychicus will give you a full report about what I'm doing and how I'm getting along. He is a beloved brother and a faithful helper in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. And to encourage you. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters. And may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I obviously read faster at home than I do when I'm here. We're going to resume our worship now. And I want to make space in this time for us to respond to the word that's come. And, um, and to do so in a way that appropriately marks the start of this year. So for some, that will be a decision made that this year is going to count in your serving of him more than ever. Some here are sick, and we'd love to pray for you at the start of the year. I know some are carrying heartache. Heartache. Your heart is aching. I'd love us to be able to pray for you at the start of this year. That fresh hope, fresh, fresh, uh, what was the word you used, Rich? Soothing. Soothing would come if your heart is aching this morning. Others, it will be stuff you've just heard and seen afresh and you just want to thank God for it. But, but let us all respond. And I'd like the elders and the deacons that are here to be available just at the front as people feel to come and receive prayer this morning that we can pray for you. If you are here and you are not a Christian, never given your life to Jesus Christ, then today would be a great day to do, to do that. We'd love to pray for you. Nobody's going to embarrass anybody this morning. We're family. This is the body of Christ. But I want us to respond to the word we've heard this morning. Amen. Shall we stand and worship the Lord together? Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.